This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Okay, so this this is a good segue because there's other injury concerns with this team, but let's talk about those injury concerns within the. Um, within the parameters of the game coming up this Sunday. And let's do our pregame six-pack. Week one at Baltimore. The Texans are a – I think they're up to a 10-point underdog now, John, so I think that's hit double digits here. It's been nine and a half for most of the offseason, but I would imagine cluster injuries on the offensive line uh, are enough to, to move a line, certainly. So let's call it a 10-point spread on this game. We'll give our predictions when the six-pack is over here, John, but let's dig into the six most important players or storylines with this game, and you go first. I'm going to start right there with George Fant. George Fant wasn't even on the roster when first week of training camp. Then he got signed out of desperation. He's a veteran. He At least he got a lot of playing time in preseason. They need him to just be serviceable. He's bounced around. But, man, they didn't want George Fant to have to be starting any more than they wanted Josh Jones and Jared Patterson. That's crazy. John, that's the wildest thing to me about this offensive line depth chart is how many of them just weren't even Houston Texans like a month ago. <laughs> you know, like J- Jared Patterson, if you look at the depth chart, Jer- as far as, I'm not saying as far as number of games, because they haven't played any games yet, but like as far as the length of time that they've been an employee of the Houston Texans, I'll call it, the, the, the length of time since they filled out their HR paperwork to sign up for benefits in the 401k and things like that, Jared Patterson's like middle of the pack as far as tenured Houston Texans right now, and he's never taken a snap in an NFL game. Josh Jones they trade for. They bring in, is it Nick Broker, the kid they, they brought in off of waivers from, uh, from, from Buffalo, the seventh-round pick, who's kind of intriguing to me. But, yeah, then George Fant, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm – Kendrick oh, Green. Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green, yeah. I mean, that's, that's four guys right there. So, literally, Jared Patterson is tied with Juice Scruggs for the uh, amount of time they've been – Texans employees. Uh, well, I guess technically Juice Scruggs, an employee one more day than Patterson. He got drafted on day two, not day three. Yeah, I feel so. bad for CJ Stroud because people around the country will look at his stats. Oh man, he's terrible. And they won't pay any attention to who they got in their offensive line. You know what? I think, you know who I don't think cares about that? CJ Stroud. Like I, yeah, he, yeah. yeah I, he, I've, I've been so impressed with how he just handles the ebbs and flows of everything that's sort of, you know, all the narratives and things like that that come at him. Um, I'm guessing we'll talk about him here in the six-pack at some point. Um, But, John, I'm going to go with my first one here in the six-pack, getting ready for Baltimore, and it's Jimmy Ward, the safety for the Texans. We're talking about injury concerns on the offensive line with all those guys out. Jimmy Ward has not practiced this week due to a groin injury, Um, and that's – 
obviously him not being out on the practice field doesn't bode well for this weekend, but the nature of the injury too, when it's a groin injury like this and it's a soft tissue injury, the chances of, of re-aggravating it sometime down the road, the fact that you probably need to be all the way back to 100% before you get him back out on the field. Like you can't muscle through a groin injury and have it, you know, like some injuries you can kind of plow through and the healing is still going on. You're going to aggravate it in a football game. Jimmy Ward, and he's quickly, John, become a guy that is a core player for this team. He's one of the four captains of this team. He's a good player. Like he's he's a fringe top 100 player, you know, according to the I know the NFL top 100 is what it is. But if you're getting nominated and named on there, you're a pretty good football player, regardless of how you feel about that poll. He's a guy who is is I think he was number 104 in the NFL top 100, something like that. So he's a good football player at a really important position for this defense against the Baltimore Ravens. I am I'm not as concerned about it as I am the offensive line. But defensively, this is by far my biggest concern is Jimmy Ward not being on the field. Yeah, what if Christian Harris is not on the field? At least they got that a couple too. of veterans with extensive playing time behind Ward, and they don't have that in their offensive line, guys who've played a lot uh, off the bench. My number two is Damian Pierce because the running game can control so much. He can break tackles, and uh, they need him desperately to help control the ball and run offensive linemen would rather run block than pass protect. So maybe those guys can fire off the ball or they're going to do, they're going to not fire off the ball. They're going to do the uh, running back. Pierce going to take one cut and go. And maybe in the new scheme, blocking scheme that Bobby Slowick has installed, uh, maybe it's like running back. Doesn't really matter who's playing in the offensive line, but Damian Pierce is so important to what they hope to accomplish. You know what I'm anxious to see with Pierce, John, is how much they use him in the passing game. They worked on that a lot during training camp, the Texans did, in throwing the ball to Damian Pierce out of the backfield. Um, and we know that that's that, you know, that that's a staple of this offense as well, getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers any way that you can. I'm I'm anxious to see, you know, what the screen game looks like or, you know, trying to get the ball into Pierce's hands in other ways. And I do like the fact that they really they have really upgraded the depth at that position compared to last year. You know, last year it was Damian Pierce. And then John, who was it right after him? Go ahead. Rex bleeping Burkhead. Right. That's right. And so now it's, now it's Devin Singletary. Who's an accomplished, still young NFL player. Uh, Mike Boone had one of the best training camps of any player on the Texans. So yeah, I mean, if the offensive line can find a rhythm and open up some holes, it's not just Pierce, but I think they, they some of these other guys too, can maybe get some on uh, well, game day. Sean, one of the things about Pierce catching the ball, he's going to get so many hits running the ball. I'd rather see him run Singletary catch, but every time Singletary goes in, he can't throw in the ball. He's got to run it some too. Yeah, And I think it's going to be hard for Pierce to stand, withstand the punishment of a 17-game season. He missed almost five full games as a rookie, but uh, he's somebody we definitely got to keep an eye on because – he holds the key to unlocking that door on the defense. and uh, But it's just so much to ask with the issues in the line. I'd love to know how he was feeling last year, Pierce, when he went on injured reserve. after I think it was after the Cowboys game in week 14. That sounds about right. Maybe week, week 14 or 15. I can't remember. Um, but he that's when he went on IR. And 
you know, he didn't go on IR because he was banged up. He went on IR because he had a, you know, there's a very specific ankle injury that he had. You know, he didn't go on there because he's got bruises everywhere and he had 200 and something carries and he'd never had that number of carries before. He went on IR because he had a very specific ankle injury. But I am curious, like, how was he feeling physically at that point? Like, how beat up was he? Did he feel like he could have gone another four games if he had to during the season? Because you're right. He took a lot of hits. He, and it doesn't look like John does. I'm going to base, I'm going to base this on him just outright, just trying to truck Lonnie Johnson instead of trying to elude Lonnie Johnson in the open field in that Saints preseason game. He just buried his shoulder into the middle of Lonnie Johnson's chest that Damian Pierce is not changing his running style at all in this new offense. The game he got hurt in, it was early and he missed almost a full game there. So it was almost five full games. Danny yeah. Barrett, the running backs coach, said they want him to get the first down. But if you get the first down and you're on the sideline and you're about to get creamed, just step out of bounds. Yeah, Don't try to run over three guys. Dude, I think it's it's hard to change the way Damian Pierce is wired, man. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. John, my next one here, this one's kind of a – this one's kind of a – not off the radar, but a little – I would say a little further down the, uh, the depth chart. Um, I, I think a lot of people were very confused when Desmond King was cut just based on the fact that he's played a lot of good football for this team. Tavier Thomas did not have a great preseason this year. He was in the joint practices and in the games. It was not awesome for Tavier Thomas. He is now their slot corner starting slot corner with Desmond King gone. And I'm going to be very anxious to see this game. Zay Flowers, the rookie out of Boston College, is the slot receiver for um, – for the Baltimore Ravens. So much has been made about them getting J.K. Dobbins back healthy, signing Odell Beckham Jr., new offense, Todd Monken. I, I think Zay Flowers has a chance to be the real X factor out of all these guys. He was a really good player at Boston College. Um, he's he's an explosive player. He's quick. Um, Tavier Thomas handling the X factor. I think he is – I think Zay Flowers is – I think Raven fans probably view him similar to how we view Tank Dell here in Houston, you know, young receiver, rookie receiver, guy you try to get the ball in his hands any way you can and then let him go do, you know, go do some sizzly things. Um, so that's mine because I think the X factor for the Ravens offensively, aside from Lamar Jackson, obviously, is is rookie Zay Flowers. And I think they're going to look across the line and they're not going to want to throw at Stingley. They're not going to want to throw at Steven Nelson or Jalen Petrie. They're going to go find – what numbers are you wearing? I think four. I think I think Tavier Thomas wearing four. They're going to find where four is on the field and go try to attack his guy. They're going to watch his tape from last year, Pro Football Focus, and I saw two other the, uh, companies like that had him as number one slot corner in the NFL. And uh, they had uh, Jimmy Ward close behind him. I think he was four. So Javier yeah. Thomas played well last yeah. year, and they seem in ways we don't. But that's still that's the most surprising cut they've had of the of uh, during when they reduced the offer, and it's still. He's going to come in here at Pittsburgh. If he makes big plays, they're going to regret it. I still don't understand keep letting him go uh, and keeping Shaquille Griffin unless there's something there we didn't know. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, we asked Nick about it, Nick Casario, on the show on Tuesday, and he, he didn't reveal much, uh, obviously, about any sort of behind the scenes stuff with with Desmond King, uh, is who you're talking about now going to Pittsburgh. I thought it was funny that Tavier Thomas, I saw footage in the lock, open locker room the day after cuts, and he said, man, when I saw Desmond got cut, I thought I was getting cut too. <laughs> so he knew. Like uh, Tavier Thomas knows. I mean, Desmond King, I know Pro Football Focus lists Tavier Thomas as the number one slot corner. 
That did not match the eye test from what I saw in training camp this year, though, with him. So that's a big concern to me in this game. What's your last one for the six-pack, John? Well, you can't do it without talking about C.J. Stroud and his debut as quarterback. There you go. I've got a column on him. Astros have got one on them. But Stroud, um, he's in a really difficult situation, and we don't know who his top receiver is going to be. His routes are going to have to be quick drops, quick releases. He's got to make good decisions. Can't turn it over on the first series and let Baltimore get up on him 7-0. But there's a lot of pressure on Stroud. You know, D'Amico Ryan says, oh, there's no pressure on Stroud and Will Anderson. Well, there is. They may not be putting pressure on them themselves. And D'Amico may not be putting pressure on them. But the fans and the media certainly are because they were second, third overall picks. But they need Stroud. Basically, don't turn it over and make good decisions. And and try to keep the game close. You know, they got a good kicker and Kymie Fairbairn, but they can't have Stroud come out and have a bad game. No, I, John, and I would submit he needs to have a great game if they're going to win this game. They're 10-point underdogs in this game. Like, he's he's probably going to have to do – he's probably going to have to have a few plays that we look at and go, wow, that's why that guy was picked number two overall in the draft. I don't, I don't think – I don't know that he can game – I don't know they can game manage their way through this. Unless this Ravens offense is just super, super rusty – uh, because Lamar didn't play any in the preseason games, and it's a brand new OC who's trying. It's a brand new OC who's who's not part of the lineage of Greg Roman, who was the OC before this. Like Todd Monken's being brought in, I think being tasked with changing some very specific things about the way that Lamar Jackson is used. Look, he's a whole lot more expensive now on the salary cap than he was before. You can lose a twenty million dollar quarterback and still go find some solutions for your team out there. You lose a fifty million dollar quarterback, that's clogging up a whole lot of cap space. So. Yeah, but like I, in a weird way, I think the Texans are catching the Ravens at the right time from that standpoint. Um, which brings me, I guess, to the last six pack. You're going to go C.J. Stroud. We can't go without mentioning Will Anderson on the other side. I think I think every Texan fan out there is super excited to see what both of these guys are going to do in a real game situation. And and I I think I'm even more excited. I'm, I'm more I'm most excited about CJ because he's the quarterback and he's the future. And if he's good, then that changes the trajectory of the, what the next ten years in this town feels like. But Will and we didn't see much of Will Anderson in the preseason. You know, in the preseason games, like he was he was sitting pretty early in these games. The one big play that we got teased with against Miami, where he just bowled over the running back, caused the fumble, that wound up on you know on on all the highlight shows and things like that. Um, but you know, now Will Anderson, you know, going against a, a pretty good offensive line when the Baltimore Ravens, um, I am, uh, and we're going to talk about Will and for real or Fugazi's here in just a second. Um, but they're going to need some game changing plays, you know, to the same extent, John, where you talked about CJ Stroud is going to need to protect the football. I think similarly on the defensive side, the Texans are going to need to cause a couple turnovers to, to win this game or hang around in this game. And when you look at who the turnover causers are on this defense, I think it's, I think it's basically three guys you look at. I think it's Will Anderson, I think it's Jalen Petrie, and I think it's Derek Stingley Jr. Those are your three key guys that can make, are capable of making big swinging plays. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
It better be. You mentioned Texans and winning now four times. I've never used those two in the same sentence. And that would be one of the, that would be, we don't see teams like uh, TCU, right? That What was the spread on that 20 points? 20 and a half, 20 and a we, half. You know, it would be a, a Dion slash Buffaloes type performance that it would take from the Texans. And, you know, the fact is TCU played a really close game. It's, if the Texans could play a close game, I think people would consider it a victory if they could come within 10 points. Yeah. But, uh, man, it's going to be tough with all – I mean, if everybody were healthy, it was going to be tough yep. because there's still another offseason away from even thinking about the playoffs. But uh, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, under D'Amico Ryans, they'll surprise us. Yeah. And some of these things you're talking about, like big plays for Will Anderson, strip sacks, C.J. Stroud play really well for a rookie quarterback, making his debut. Hopefully some of those things will happen. All right. So, John, let's give our prediction. We'll give our prediction on the season in just a second during For Real or Fugazi. But uh, what is your prediction on this game on Sunday? 31-13. Okay. So it's gone down. It was 31-16 earlier this week. So tight. No You're tightness. You're not going to ask me who? Huh? You're not going to ask me who? Well, I like didn't you. say who. Who, John? Who are you taking 31-13? <laughs> You know that's a silly question. I do, I do. That's a, <laughs> what's the final score going to be? Thirty-one, thirteen. Well, it's not like I'm not answering your question, Sean. You did ask what the final score was. I'm going twenty-four, ten, twenty-four, ten Ravens uh, in this game. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think I think there's a chance the Ravens come out and look a little rusty offensively, just based on new offense, new coordinator, no Lamar in the preseason. Like the the record. For guys last year who didn't play in the preseason, quarterbacks who didn't participate in preseason games was was not good. Um, I just think the Ravens are a, they're clearly the better football team. They're at home. A lot of Texans from the coaching staff to the actual roster are doing their jobs for the very, very first time on an NFL level. And I don't think going against a team, John, that is, you know, they are one of the three or four teams in the NFL that just has a brand and an ethos about them, the Ravens. Like the Ravens are always the Ravens, you know, and so I, I 24 10 i'm with you on that if one they only give up 24 points to lamar jackson compared to the way they played in lamar when lamar jackson killed them up there yeah. texans have never won there yeah. and and a lot of the people are acting like todd monken the new coordinator is a, a game changer because of what he did at georgia he's been in the nfl twice mm -hmm. and he did a very good job so i think if if they only gave up 20 points, we'd feel pretty good about the defense next week. I think so, too. I think so, too. All right. 